Go ahead, turn in your Bible, Daniel chapter number 2. We'll talk real briefly about the markings of a wise man. And wise men are needed in today's society. If we needed wisdom, we need wisdom now more than we have ever needed wisdom. It seems like the world that we live in, Brother Lonnie, is absolutely going crazy. You see the recent things that are happening on the news, the pages of the newspapers, the, the websites that are talking about the news, the, the channel 2, 5 and 11, 46 around here in Atlanta. Those channels, you turn on the news. I'll be honest with you, I try not to turn on the news because my blood pressure cannot usually take it most of the time. But we need men that will have wisdom. We need to have men and women that will lead and guide in a way that we have the wisdom of God in such a way that we can make wise decisions, lead our families in wise ways. In Daniel chapter number 2, we come across a man that is so wise and wise well beyond his years. As a matter of fact, if you begin to look over chapter number 2, it's the longest chapter there in, Jan- in the book of Daniel, the longest chapter there. I believe there's about 49 verses if you look through that. And as you see that, you look at what Daniel chapter number 2, the very first part of it is you see Nebuchadnezzar, he's having a, 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 a dream, a dream that causes him much uh, turmoil. And at the end of it, he's raging. And you begin to see the rage of a man, the rage of a man that's turning to the wrong places and turning to the wrong direction. And he gets angry about what's going on. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like right now, Brother Humphrey, that a lot of people are so raging right now because they have turned the wrong direction. And if they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, if they turn to God, then it'll be an absolutely, absolutely amazing turnaround, 180 degrees to be able to see that as we apply the wisdom of God. But then you see a man of wisdom, reason that comes up. A man of reason, why? This man of reason is in chapter number 2, verse number 14. is where we begin our text tonight and where we begin our message tonight. And as we begin to look at that man of reason, you see that man of reason is Daniel himself. Daniel, the man that wrote this book penned by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And it amazes me, Brother Rick, this is amazing to me, that people say that there is no way that Daniel could have written the book of Daniel when it says that it was written because it is too accurate. Well, that's God. God knew, God knows, God knows how everything is, uh, how it began, and He knows how it's all going to come out. He knows exactly what's going on. If you look in chapters number 11 and 12, there's amazing historical accounts that are really, truly taking a place. Uh, And you see that, and it gets ready to the end of chapter number 12, and we know how this all ends, praise God. As we've said it before, Dad always said it before, I'd get nervous when I saw uh, the Lone Ranger that was tied up and he was about to be taken away, but he'd look at the end of the book and he'd see that uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were riding off into the sunset and everything would be okay. Well, when we read the end of the book, when we read the end of the book, we know that everything is okay for the child of God. We understand that Jesus Christ is triumphant over all. That we are on the winning side. Praise God. 
You begin to look through and you see a man of reason, but then a little further on, you see a revealing he goes through and he sees, and as, as Nebuchadnezzar describes, and, and as Daniel describes the, the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, he understands that there are these kingdoms and he sets up that uh, statue and what all those mean, and it goes through all of those things, and there's a revealing of a timeline about that goes through the, the, the time where the Gentiles come into power is what we have here in the book of Daniel. And then at the end of the book of Daniel, you find that the time of the Gentiles, or the reign of the Gentiles, is ended by, praise God, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And then we have a reaction towards the end of it, that Nebuchadnezzar reacts in such a way that he says, boy, you've done such great and mighty things, that you've done so wonderful. And I love that Daniel doesn't take the credit for himself. He says, it wasn't me, king. It wasn't me, Nebuchadnezzar. But there is a God in heaven. Hallelujah. In Bible study, we're about to get excited. Hallelujah. There is a God in heaven, and I'm so thankful that tonight we serve the same God that Daniel was talking about back then. We serve the same God that flung the stars into being and formed this earth and to be able to form mankind and breathe the breath of life into God. But then here and and now we serve the same God uh, years and years and years later. In 2023, we serve the same God and He has not lost any power. He has not lost any ability. He has not lost any reign. That thank God He is still the same God. When you look through this beginning, this disturbing dream that Nebuchadnezzar had that to a man that seemingly he had it all. And he has this dream that disturbs him so badly that he's actually threatening the lives of other people. And he's turning to the wrong people. And when you return to the wrong people, and boy, I wish there's a little few young people tonight. Because when you turn to the wrong people, you're going to get the wrong answers. We can all say that, boy, we've been there before, we've done that, we've gone through that. Uh, The old cliche and the old saying is, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Unfortunately, I've got some t-shirts that I probably shouldn't have, praise God. Because I've been through a lot of things and been through a lot of places and had to do a lot, deal with a lot of things. But thank God that God has brought me through each and every one of those ways. And then he turns to a, a hasty decision that he's just going to take everybody and wipe them all out because they can't give him the answer. I love a little bit of wisdom that Nebuchadnezzar shows that he says, I'm not going to give you what my dream is because you'll just form some sort of little lie to me and tell me that this is what it's all about. And I wouldn't know. But if I do know, this is how I'll know. You tell me what my dream was and then tell me what the interpretation is. And then I'll know that you're doing the right thing. What excites me, though, is that those astrologers and those magicians and those soothsayers and all those people that were supposed to be the wisest of the wise, they said, there's not a man on earth. Hallelujah. They're right about that. Hallelujah. There's not a man on earth that could give you the answer to this that you're looking for. There's not a man on earth that would be able to to tell you what's going on and how to tell you what the dream was and then tell you the interpretation. And Daniel said, there's not a man. You're right, but there is a God. Hallelujah. (laughs) There is a God that can give us exactly what we need to know. And boy, in verse chapter number, chapter number 2 and verse number 14, the Bible turns to the prophet Daniel. And when we study these great men of the Bible, we see great things that begin to happen. And we see that Daniel was a very, very wise man. Look with me in Daniel chapter number 2, verse number 14. The Bible says this, Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch. Now, let's just go ahead and back up. 
for a young man to be able to answer with counsel and wisdom. What an amazing statement to be able to make about a young man. How many of you wish that we had some young men that would answer with counsel? How many of you wish that we had some old men that would answer with counsel and with wisdom? Oh, we have this statement that is said about Daniel to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was going forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. And he answered and said unto Ariok, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king that Ariok made the thing known to Daniel? Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he should give him time and that he should show the king the interpretation. Boy, look at the confidence that we have when Daniel begins to look at. He says, you just give me a little time and I will be able to tell you what you need to know. Why? Because not the men, not the soothsayers, not the gainsayers, not those people that you've been turning to that's been giving you all the wrong answers. Not those people that you've been turning to that have been telling you exactly what you want to hear. Oh my. And let's just be real honest. This is not very far off of what the people of Israel were doing. Boy, the prophets were going and he was telling them uh, uh, exactly what was going to happen. Micah says this is what's going to happen. Nahum said this is what's going to happen. And they said, oh, we're not worried about it. We're, we're, We're not worried about what you're saying. You're telling us terrible things. You need to tell us what we need to hear. Boy, there's churches. Brother Joe, right now, there's churches all over America that are telling people we don't want to hear what God has to say. We want to hear what we want to hear. We want you to tickle our ears. We want you to tell us how good things are and I've been told sometimes boy I like to hear this person or this particular person because when I get done listening to them I feel good about myself Hmm. most likely he's not preaching out of the same word of God that we should be because usually I'll be honest with you brother Jerry when preacher gets done I feel woe is me I feel who am I I feel like I need to just give over more to the Lord But then Daniel here is talking about the wisdom and what a wise young man that he was. And he was wise still, young man, well beyond his years. Proverbs actually tells us this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. But this was a very wise young man. And let me say that wisdom does not come with age. Just because there's gray hair doesn't mean there's wisdom. Or in some people's case, just because there's no hair doesn't mean... I'm sorry, Brother Kyle, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to make eye contact with you when I said that. Just because... Joe, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to stop looking at all the bald people around here. Amen. No. No, we, we look at, at, at this, we see these things that uh, there's, not, there's not anybody that says, well, I'm, I'm wise because of this. There's experience because of age. There's experience that comes with time. But it's how you apply that wisdom or apply that experience that you have. So many times we think about all of what God has done for us. The book of Proverbs opens up the world. How do we uh, explain, how do we use the wisdom that God is going to give to us, the experiences that God is going to give to us, the instruction that God has given to us. And now we see that Daniel is using that in a very wise way. And the experience is coming with that time and we get that more, uh, that more wisdom. And I'll be honest with you also that wisdom cannot be attained by the things of this world. True wisdom comes from God alone. And we need to have people that search out the scriptures, to search out the 
path of God, to search out what God is desiring for each and every one of us and show that wisdom that we have. Job said it this way, and unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. We live in a world where they do not fear God. They shake their fist in the face of God. They shake their fist in the face of people that absolutely think that uh, they think that they're crazy just because you believe that there is a Savior, that because you believe that there is a God, because there is one that died for you. But I'm here to tell you I'm thankful that I believe, glory to God, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the uh, cross. I believe that He rose on the third day. I believe that He's seated on the right-hand side of the Father right now. I believe that He's coming back very soon. I believe, Almighty, that I'm going to be able to be with Him forever and evermore. I'm so excited excited to be able to know that I am not and I'm not going to lose this thing. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is on our side and I'm on His side and we get to win. Hallelujah. Boy, Daniel and Hananiah, Michelle and Azariah looked to God and they found wisdom. As a matter of fact, you flip back one chapter in Daniel chapter number 1, verse number 17. It says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and learn in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions. You say, well, how can we apply this to our lives? How can we apply what going? What is really truly the markings of a wise man? If I want to be wise, how can I really see that I'm actually understanding what wisdom is all about? Well, you look with me in chapter number 2, verse number 14. Look at what he says. I want you to look at the answer that he gives. The answer that Daniel gives. And so, and so that we have the situation that's him. Boy, you know the background that Nebuchadnezzar is going to kill everyone. And there's a man that, called Ariok that's gone. To, to, to pull everybody out. Look at verse number 14. Then Daniel answered and with counsel and wisdom to Ariot the captain of the king's guard, which was going forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. And he answered and said unto Ariok the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariok made it known, made the thing known to Daniel. Now Ariok was the one that was rounding up and was making sure that he goes around and was picking up all the wise men, all those soothsayers, all those ones that had been foolish. Nebuchadnezzar, all those ones that had been giving false things to him and he was rounding them up and he was going to make sure that they were all executed he was just filling out, he was just going to carry out what the king had already done. Now I'll be honest with you, when I think about somebody that's coming for me, somebody's gunning for me and they're going to come and they want to take my life I won't be honest with you I'd probably be a little bit frightened I'm the only scaredy cat, praise God but I'd be a little frightened that somebody's coming for me, that I didn't really truly want to do that. But Daniel's reaction was not one to fall apart. He didn't fall apart and say, oh, Lord, what's going on? Or, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh, me. I love my, one of my favorite sayings. Uh, uh, oh, 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 I done forgot my favorite saying. No, here it is. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat some worms. Daniel didn't do that. Didn't, Daniel didn't just turn around and say, well, I'm just forget me, forget all this. I, I, I've tried my hardest and God, where are you in the middle of this? But no, he stayed together. He didn't go to pieces and beg for mercy. He was calm. As a matter of fact, one of his contemporaries, Isaiah wrote this in, in Isaiah chapter number 30, verse number 15. He said, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, and 
If he's the one that's saying it, I believe that we can, we can anchor down in it, praise God. If he's the one that's saying that, we can make sure that we hold on to it. In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. He's saying, you go ahead and you just keep calm. Calmly rest in what I have in the future for you. Calm and rest and know that I am for you. Calm and be restful and know that I am with you every step of the way. Glory to God, we've got a Savior that we can say, thank God that He is with us. And I'm going to say, it's hard to do this. It's hard to live this. It's easy to preach and say, you should be calm in the midst of your turmoil. You should be calm in the midst of your trials and your tribulations. You should be calm when, when you don't know what the doctor is about to tell you. And you should be calm when you just get that phone call that, boy, just tore your world apart. Or you should be calm when all of these things are happening to you. But boy, it's hard when the rubber meets the road. It's hard when you got to settle in and say, hey, I'm going to rest in you, God. I'm going to rest, but that's what the Bible's telling us to do. And I want to encourage you, child of God, if you've got bad news today, glory to God, if you've got something going on in your life, if you don't understand what's going on and happening in your life, and you don't know why God is allowing this to go in your life, just just be restful, you be calm, and you know that God is still on the throne, that God is still in charge, that God still loves you, that God is still with you, and God is never going to forsake you. Well, I'm thankful that we have a God that's with us. But I want to be honest with you, the answer that Daniel gives, he was very respectful. You say, whoa, wait a minute. Why would he be respectful to a, a heathen? Well, the Bible tells us to respect the authority that we've been given. As a matter of fact, a little later on, Daniel's going to say, uh, God, you're the one that sets up kings and you're the one that brings down kings. So therefore, I'm going to be respectful to those authority figures that's been before me. We know who... <laughs> We know who really is in charge. How many of you know who really is in charge? We all know that God is the one that really truly is in charge. And it's not the men of this world. And it is God Almighty. And we, gotta, we do need to respect who God has set up in that authority. But Psalm tells us it is better trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. There's a lot of men that we try to put confidence in. But there's none like putting your trust. None like putting your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none like putting your confidence in knowing that God Almighty is in control. That God Almighty is the one that has everything in the palm of His hand. He knows right where you are. He knows what you're walking through right now. He knows the situation in your life. But thank God we put our faith and trust and make sure that we uh, uh, be respectful to those that are around us but have our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ Almighty. That answer was respectful, but he also gave a request. Look at verse number 16 with me. The Bible says, Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. Wow. And that he would show the king the interpretation. I want you to notice that Daniel didn't do what the wise men had already done. Well, king, you tell us what your dream was and we'll go ahead and give you an answer. Daniel simply said, give me time. Give me time to be able to go talk to God. Now, I'll be honest with you, time is a very precious commodity. To be able for all of you to be able to spend this time this evening here in this sanctuary and come into church. Boy, this is a commodity of your time and, and I'm, um, we're just so thankful that you're able to come. But thank God you're not coming for us, you're coming for the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty. 
He's the one that has given you that time. But boy, the request that he says, and Daniel didn't ask for the dream. He didn't ask for anything else. He didn't say, uh, if you give me a hundred dollars, I'll be able to figure something out for you. Or if you, you give me a little bit of this, I want a mansion over here on the other side of, of Babylon. Or I want a, a new chariot. I want one, one of these things. He didn't ask for anything like that or monetary thing or put me in a position. He said, I just need time. I just need time to talk with the Lord Jesus, Lord God Almighty. Thank God. That we just need some time to be able to do that. And then, uh, boy, think about the wisdom that that had. A young man, boy, a young man, uh, probably in his teenage years or early 20s, and he's already saying, I just need some time to talk to God. Have you ever just thought, I need some time? If I get a hold of God, glory to God. If I get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ right now, then this will all be okay. Boy, it will all be alright when God shows up on the scene. I'll be honest with you, my request is just get some time to be able to serve God and get some time to be able to talk to God. And boy, he showed faith in God by telling the king that he would just, I'll give you that dream. I'll give you that interpretation. Why? Because I have faith in God Almighty. <laughs> boy, the faith, boy, that kind of faith is unshakable. When you know that our shadow of a doubt, that when you make your petitions known, boy, do we go to God with that kind of confidence? Do we go to God saying, hey, God, I know that when I go to you and I begin to talk to you, you're going to go ahead and you're going to give me the answer that I need to hear. You're going to give me the answer that I need. I, I'll, I'll know that without a shadow of a doubt. Boy, it showed that faith that, that Daniel had in God telling him that. And he went before the king to tell him that the God of heaven... <laughs> Not the gods that he served. Not the gods that Babylon had set up. And I'll be honest with you, there's been a many of them. There's a lot of them that are all set up. And they had these little gods, the little G-gods. And America has a lot of little G-gods that are set up all over the place. Boy, but we need to get rid of that. And we need to worry about really truly what the one true God is. The God of heaven. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Glory to God. The God, the one that created all of this. The one that is really truly going to be able to do something about it. He will and can answer. And we need to go ahead and get in touch with Him. Mm. The answer that he had. But I want you to look. How can you know? How can you know that you have wisdom? How can you understand? Look at the action that he took. The action that Daniel speaks of volumes, how he and his friends reacted to this. First, we see that he didn't run from the people of God. Oh my. He ran to the people of God. I'm going to be careful. But too many times when trials and tribulations hit, we see people go the opposite direction of church. Of the people of God. We see them forsake God. We see them say. Well God wasn't there for me. Boy God is every step of the way. You may have not gotten the answer that you wanted. You may have not gotten exactly what you thought it should be. But I can tell you that God is there. And he's with you. Boy, the action that he took was the same action that when we begin to see in, in 2 Kings chapter number 18, Hezekiah, he gets that letter and he sees that there's all these things that are coming against him, this army that's about to come against him. And what did he do? He went to the temple of God. He went to the house of God. And he made his petitions known 
to God. He said, the action that I'm going to take is I'm going to spread this out before. And boy, Daniel does the same thing. Look at verse number 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. We as the people of God should, yes, lean on God Almighty, but God has given us each other for a purpose. God has given you to me and me to you. God has given each and every one of us to be able to lean on one another, to help one another, to bear one another's burdens, to be able to touch and, and, and touch heaven for each other. Boy, that is the sort of thing that we have. He gave us to help uh, carry those burdens and pray for each other. Boy, in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 25, it says, Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Brother Joel, I see the day approaching. (laughs) I see that day. You say, what day is that? Well, that's the day that Jesus Christ is coming back. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that it's coming and it could be tonight. It could be at uh, noon tomorrow. It could be any moment now. And I see that day approaching. I don't need the people of God and we don't need the people of God to go away from the house of God. We don't need the people of God to to shun the house and the people of God. We need them to bond together and bind together and, and hunker down together and to be able to, boy, that's a good country term, hunker, hallelujah. We need to hunker down with one another and be able to, to pray for one another and lift each other up. We should uh, desire to be with the, uh, one another, uplifting one another as we see that day approaching. We see those times coming and we should desire to be with, the, with the, one another, uplifting each other. You say, who did he turn to? He turned to the people of God and God himself. That's wisdom. Boy, the action that he took. Daniel chapter number 2, verse number 18. It says, and that they should desire the mercies of God of heaven. Oh my glory to God. We could back up right there and just enjoy for a good time. That they should would desire mercies of the God of heaven. Concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Prayer is a powerful weapon that God has given to us. I'll be honest with you, so many times we look and we say, boy, that, that armor of God that God has given to us, and boy, it's wonderful. We have that shield of faith. We have the helmet of salvation, the, the, the belt of truth. We have the feet shot of the preparation of the gospel. We've got all the things that God has given to us, and we think about, we forget verse number 18 where it talks about praying and praying and much supplication and making known. I believe, Brother Joe, with all of my heart that one of the most powerful weapons that God has given to us, thank God for the Word of God. Thanks for God for the Spirit the sword of the Spirit. But God has given us prayer that we can go to Him. God has given us prayer that we can share with one another. That other people, boy, we get a group of people together to start praying for something. Boy, the Bible says when two or three are gathered, He's going to be in the midst. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He also says that, boy, when we get in one mind and one accord, great things can start happening. I want to see something great and mighty start happening here at our church. I want to see something great and mighty start happening all over the United States of America and I believe that it's the power of prayer that can begin to make it happen. I believe that the power of prayer is exactly what we need to go ahead and hunker down on and say hey, I'm going to get with this pile of folks and I'm going to pray that I see something happen. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray and push on through. I'm going to know that God Almighty is in control and by the power of prayer we're going to see it come to pass. 
Boy, that prayer that we have, it's a powerful thing. But Daniel didn't go into panic mode. He simply went into prayer mode. Prayer is more effective than panic. If you panic, nothing's going to happen. If you pray, something's going to happen. Panic confirms a hopelessness. Prayer confirms a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. A confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Timothy says it this way, For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And through, power, through prayer, we can have that. And God expects for us to turn to Him. I believe with all my heart... When I, when I was a child, when I was a child, I didn't go to anybody else. I went to my mom and my dad when I needed something. I used to, <clears throat> I used to work at a place called Christian City. Hallelujah. I guess dad needed, told me I needed some humbling. So I went over there and started working, working in the, the housekeeping department. Nothing real fancy. The housekeeping department. Department. I was mopping, sweeping floors, other things too, but we won't talk about that. Boy, when we you think about what, what, what we're doing, we were going through, we were trying to find what, what we were going through and to be able to see this uh, place where I was trying to work and trying to come through and trying to figure, figure out how, how to do that. And, and I would go and, and they sold breakfast for $3 a day. When they sold that $3 a day, I'd go to the cafeteria and I'd, I'd, I'd go and I'd think, oh man, I, I don't want to. And I'd go down to dad and I'd say, dad, dad, do you, do you have some money? Can I borrow some money? He said, son, it's Friday. You got paid this morning. Where did your paycheck go? I said, well, I know I got paid, but all I had is a 20 and I didn't want to break it on $3. True story. Truth is better than fiction. I don't want to break my 20 on a $3. So can I borrow $3? And he'd oh, well, son, okay. I didn't go to somebody else. I didn't go to somebody else down the street. I didn't go to somebody else in one of the other offices. I went to my dad when I needed something. Although it may have been wrong for me asking for that. But, but when I need something, I don't need to worry about going to anybody but my heavenly father. Make it known to Him. He expects us. Call upon me in the day of trouble, He says in Psalm 50. I will deliver thee that thou shalt glorify me. Boy, who He turned to was important. But what happened? Prayer happened. I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. Did you know that Mary, the Queen of Scots, said, I fear John Knox's prayer more than an army of 10,000 men. It should be that the people of the United States of America do not look down their noses at the people of God and do not look down their noses and say, you're not worthy. But they should say, I fear their prayer more than the armies of any country that could come upon us. 
I fear their prayer. Boy, prayer is exactly what began to happen. And it began to see. Look at what it says. And it says in verse number 18 that they would desire the mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret. That word secret is actually used eight times in this very chapter. That word secret is used 28 times in the New Testament. It is actually this. Boy, I, I got to this and I started looking at all these uh, uh, all of these definitions and I got happy because it says it's a hidden truth that is revealed only to the initiated. Okay. A hidden truth. We know that. A hidden truth that is revealed only to the initiated. What does that mean? Thank God I've been initiated. I'm in God's family. I know God Almighty. I know with all of, all of my heart. And we need to engage in what we have something uh, to happen in to be able to, to pray about that. The deep, the deep truths of God are not just going to pop out. We've got to dig in and we've got to go on. And Jeremiah says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We all know those verses. But here we need to go ahead and practice what we preach. We need to practice what we know, what we've heard. Know that without a shadow of a doubt that my prayers are actually going to make something happen. Why? Because I am a child of God. Because I have been promised that when I call out to Him, that He would hear my call. He would hear my plea. He would know exactly what's going on. Let us come boldly, therefore, uh, before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. And God Himself revealed this secret to Daniel. Look at verse number 19. I'm I'm moving on quickly. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Boy, that praise God. He moved on. He got an answer. He moved on and he said, thank God that I want to acknowledge what's going on in my life. (laughs) Look at verse number 20. We'll read some verses here that we might be able to move on. Daniel chapter number 2, verse number 20. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are His. Hallelujah. And he changeth the times and the season. He removeth the kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light. Glory to God. I got excited when I saw that. The light, the light, the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee, O thee. Oh, praise thee, O Lord God uh, of my Father, who has given me wisdom and might that thou mayest know or made known unto me now what is desired of thee for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter he got into a plum praise fit he just started praising God He just started saying, thank you, Lord, for what you have given to me. Thank you, God, that you have revealed this thing to me. And Daniel did not take credit for it. Daniel didn't worry about what was going to happen. He didn't say anything like that. He just said, thank God there is a God. Look at verse number 27 with me. Chapter number 2. Look at verse number 27. Later on in the chapter, it says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men and the astrologers and the magicians and the soothsayers show unto the king. Look at it is Verse number 28. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secret and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he goes 
goes on and he begins to tell him. But thank God that he's saying, it wasn't me, king. It wasn't any of these three Hebrew children, king. It wasn't any of those astrologers. It wasn't any of those magicians. But it was the God that is in heaven that has revealed these things. And boy, we need to turn to him. We need to stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. And just go ahead and say, God, whatever you think. God, whatever you want. Whatever you desire. Whatever you have in store for me. I acknowledge God that you are the one that's in control. And I'm going to give an all to be able to help you with what you've given me. Glory to God. Hmm. Good Bible study time. Praise God. Call on me in the day of thy trouble and I will, verse number 15 in Psalm 50, I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. I'll be honest with you. Too many times we have prayed and God has answered and worked a miracle and too many have said, well, isn't that a coincidence? No, that's God. We need to give credit where credit is due. We need to let people know that no, it wasn't anybody else that did any of these things. It wasn't what this has happened or how this went on. It was God of heaven that came down and touched in a great and mighty way. That is what we need to give the credit to. Anything. Sometimes we give anything credit but God. But we need to give glory to God. And we need to stand and proclaim that He and He alone is the reason that we have those answered prayers. You look through that little acknowledgement that he says. What is that acknowledgement? Number one, the acknowledgement is greatness. The greatness of God. Look at how he describes him. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. If we want might, if we want wisdom, if we want anything like that, we need to turn to the one that has it, owns it, controls it, and can also give it. And he changes the times and the seasons. Boy, we have scientists that have been trying for years to be able to figure out how to do things, how to make things, how to understand and how to uh, create these sort of things. That They have not been able to create one thing that God has not already allowed them to give them a little bit to be able to help them and understand. But boy, He has created and He changed the times and season. He removeth kings and setteth up and and bringeth down those kings. Boy, uh, uh, He giveth wisdom unto the wise and the knowledge to them that no understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I'll be honest with you. When, Brother Shane, I love your name, by the way. Uh, when he said the light dwelleth with my, my mind went right to John. Who is the true light? As a matter of fact, one of the seven I am's, he says, I am The light, the true light. Thank God that Jesus Christ, even here we see that God Almighty, the light, Jesus is dwelling with him. And he goes into not only a greatness, but he goes into gratitude. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made unknown unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Why? Because God can do anything. Brother Shane, this is too far out in left field. I'll not be able to get this done. I've been gone too long. I've been doing this too wrong. God 
has not, has not lost any power. And He's all-powerful enough to be able to bring you back. He's exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's still able to do that. He's all-powerful, but He is the ultimate source. God is the source of everything. Tonight, if you're lacking wisdom, James chapter number 1, verse number 5 tells you, if you lack wisdom, ask of Him. And He'll give you that wisdom that you need. He'll grant it to you. See, all these things point to a man that has gone to God and seeking wisdom. And God granted it. He received it. I'm going to be honest with you. May we all turn to God. God, I need wisdom in some decisions that's going on in my family's life. God, I, I need some decisions that's going on. I, we've had some health issues that's going on in my life. And God, I need some wisdom for that. God, I need your power. I need you to show up. God, we got some financial issues that we come across. And God, I, I need wisdom. I need you to show up. God, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren... My aunts, my uncles, my nieces, my nephews. God, I need wisdom. God, there's something that we may need wisdom for tonight. And thank God that He's willing to give it to us. As a matter of fact, He gave wisdom to Solomon, made the wisest man. But not only did He grant wisdom, but He gave everything else. You realize as a child of God, God can give me wisdom that I need and I've already got access To everything my father owns. I have access to everything my father can do. And when we really, if we, Brother Richard, if we ever grasp that, what's the old cliche? You'd charge hell with a water pistol? I believe we would. I believe it'd absolutely change our prayer life. Boy, the man that turns to this and turns to wisdom, boy. That's the kind of Christians we need to have. Turning to the wisdom of God. Turning to know that God, you are in control. And God, I give my all to you. Lord, tonight we might just want to gather around an altar and say, God, I I need some of that. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father.